Hi there, my name is C. I'm D, and you're listening to. Listening to. Swinging, swinging down, down under. under. Our journey is a couple through the swinging lifestyle. lifestyle. Are you into open relationships or exploring new things in life? This is our podcast. Join in. Experiences, both good and bad. <laughs> reviews and events, and more here, swinging down under. Come on, join us. And this is D. And this is Swinging Down Under. Okay, welcome to episode <laughs> Swinging Down Under 59. We're going to talk about three... Is this number 59? Yes, and you know what? Actually, we have like a couple of people... I know, so, so it's so very important to know which number it is. Suck on that. Obviously, reading, not their strong point. Uh, threesomes, we're going to talk about male, female, male threesomes, and also we're going to talk about performance issues. Two separate subjects, though. So we're not talking about performance issues in a male, female, male. Although we could, but specifically... Two separate. So the um, performance issues, we're going to take a slightly different tack at we that, are. though. So, but we'll get to that in a minute. We will. Um, okay. So, reason we're doing this actually is we put up some uh, votes on options on Twitter about what we should podcast about. So we had ninety-two votes, and forty-five percent said they wanted to hear male, female, male, and thirty-five said performance. So we're doing both. So for all our Twitter listeners out there, I mean, you have, you have too much time on your hands. <laughs> Actually, just a, a brief stopover as well. Um, I just want to thank everybody who recently reviewed us on iTunes or the different podcast downloads, uh, Stitcher, etc. that they use. We put up a post on Twitter recently. Uh, we didn't have a lot, and we had, I think, uh, quite a few people review us. Review. Uh, so thank you very much for everybody <laughs> who actually did that. Now, two other things too. We also received a really cool email from S... And I don't know her husband's initial, but they're North Bay couple, and that was a really sweet email. She thought that she was stalking us by sending us an email, and I replied by sending her a kick message and said, who's the stalker now? And I um, decided to uh, like get a, a legal binding agreement that she can't a restraining come within, order. within a few hundred feet of us. Oh, bullocks. Yeah. I was actually, she was complaining that we, we get to go to OSS in Sydney on the 16th of February, and she was saying that it's not fair, and we described the club really coolly, and she wishes she could go. It is a great go. club. But you know what I responded with? Yeah, you're in the US. I mean... You're in the US. There's a mountain of clubs for you like, to go to. Like, come on. I was like, you can't have everything. Give us one thing. Yeah, just God's one thing. Sake, just one thing. Just one thing. That's what we want. <laughs> That and stop stalking us, you weirdo. Ah, funny. So thanks for getting, thanks for your email, S. That was really cool. Okay, male, female, male sex. So at the end of this as well, we're going to have some audio from our friends from uh, Perth, Australia. They're Naughty Threesome on Twitter, and they actually also have a, a preference for male, female, male play. And so we're going to hear a little bit about their perspective on why they chose um, or why they prefer it, what made them go down that path, what they get out of it. Really. First, and- I'm going to ask you a question there to clarify. You said preference, like. Do we have a preference for... No, they have a preference. For, yeah, I know, but you said kind of like us, they have a preference. Oh, okay. Do That's... we have a preference? Uh, I wouldn't... Can we get into that in a second? Well, no, I was getting into that now. I know you've got notes and they're precisely No, well, I just wanted order, to say but... we're going to play the audio at the end, and so listen to that. Okay. So, male, female, male threesomes. Do we have a preference for male? Female? I don't know. Do, okay, well, do you? Um, I'm starting to get that way here in Singapore, but only because uh, single men, I thought were easier to find, 
Apparently, it's a lot easier to find married men who are cheating on their wives than it is to find right. single men. Let's backtrack, though. I wanted to go through how we started because, you know what, there's actually a lot of people out there on a number of different social media websites that we participate in who have been talking a lot about threesomes recently, how how to get into it, why, why they're feeling that way. There was a, a guy who posted, you know, I want this to happen and I'm really... I'm not sure about my emotions on it and, you know, is it normal, etc. And, I mean, so tell us, Dee, why originally you bought the idea of having a male-female-male threesome. What made you bring that Okay, forward? so first up, I'm just going to say from now on in we're going to call it a, a threesome. Bam. Okay. So okay. for anyone who's listening, if you're listening from here on, just go back and you'll hear us say male-female-male or male, male, female, whatever you want to call it, it's a threesome. Okay. With two guys. Two okay. guy threesome. Okay. Yeah? Sweet. Just, just, you know, because I'm not going to say that the whole podcast because my mouth's going to get sore. Um, so, why did I originally put that forward? Well, originally, I think I've explained this before, but like most guys, I came into this lifestyle thinking, oh my God, oh my God, I get to play with two women or multiple women. This is going to be awesome. What I quickly learned was that I actually liked to see you happy and pleasured. And so how did you figure that out? Was that obviously well, through we, couple play? Yeah, and then you saw play. okay. Yeah, yeah. Well I mean we we played with uh with a couple of couples. <laughs> and because of that we I'd figured out that I enjoyed watching as much as I did doing. Now, I suppose at that point, just to put a finer point on that, at that point I didn't realise as well and you also hadn't identified that you were into play with women, but I enjoy you now playing with women as well. Like, uh, certainly. Do you really? You enjoy watching me with other women? Yeah, yeah, but, but, um, as long as you're being, as long as you're enjoying it, yeah. Which, for you to enjoy it, I think there's some specifics there. You need to be into the woman. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, obviously, but, uh, being into the woman, so, she so I can be with her versus you being into the woman. Uh, is oh, a completely different two different things. Oh yeah, right. uh, there's a difference between my my attraction to a woman in terms of yep, have no problems. Let's all have some group play, um, and she can be with you, or we might interact slightly. But there's a vast difference to then the my in my uh, liking to her and my attractiveness to her if. I'm going to actually engage Your attractivosity. Interactivosity. If I'm going to engage in actual play, proper play with her, absolutely. Two different yeah. things. Yeah, of course. Well, but that I didn't understand that at the beginning. Okay. Because, well, frankly, we didn't understand, we didn't anything, understand at anything at the beginning. So um, now that we've gotten deeper into it, we've certainly got some ladies who you play with, who I'm as excited about you playing with them as I am about you playing with a single guy. Okay. But. There's still something a little bit more, I'm going to say primal. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. My vocab does not cover what I need to say here, but I'm going to say primal. If anyone's got a problem with that, please uh, send a letter to... Somebody who gives a crap. No, no, no. I was actually, I was just going to say to um, Mr. and Mrs. Jones at We Got A Thing. <laughs> or <laughs> or uh, Jane Angie. At the average swingers, at the average swingers. or um, Page and Pen from Swinger Diaries. <laughs> Feel free to just tell any of the other podcasters out there, or the curious couple. I mean, yeah, just talk Let's to them. Let's go on. Just send them, them hate mail. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I I think it's a little more primal somehow to have to watch you be, and it's probably more about the penetration than it is about the rest because the ladies can do everything really up until that, and I and I mean you can use a strap on as well, which I find even more more exciting. So I think it might be involved with the penetration. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So, but there certainly are ladies out there now as well that, and, and I don't. And for anyone who's played with us and didn't get to spend a lot of time with C, there wasn't that that wasn't planned. It was just at that particular instance that's how it worked out. But we, um, yeah. So for me, it's there's certainly something to do with penetration. And um, when you thinking back about this too, like when you originally said, "Hey, let's try to find a single man," a lot of things ran through my head, and one of them was, "Well, that feels like cheating to me." And if you go back and listen to episode 19, um, I touch on this actually. It was, it was a, a pre, pre-podcast just before we went on a date with a single guy who we ended up actually sleeping with. So podcast 20 was about sleeping with them. Um, but podcast 19, I talk about the fact that I felt almost like I was, you know, greedy or I was cheating or, you know, I was having all of these emotions that maybe I wasn't doing the right thing or, this seems unfair to, to D or these crazy sorts of ideas that kind of pop into your head. Um, I don't feel that way now. I think that probably I... But now you feel that way about potentially playing with a couple or a single guy without me. Oh, yeah. Yes, but the, the, that's what, like, the, the boundary, not rule, but mm-hmm. the boundary we had has now shifted. Yeah. As boundaries do. And so I remember when you brought this idea to me of, hey, let's try to find a single man, it was kind of freaky because I I did feel that way. I felt a little bit like maybe I was cheating on you. And the second thing I felt was a lot of, um, I guess, self-confidence, a lot of concerns that maybe I wasn't going to be... Lack of self-confidence. Lack of self-confidence, yeah. Like I wasn't going to be good enough. Like who, you know, normally if there's a couple situation, I felt in my mind that that would be easier for us to engage with like we get to engage all together and with a single guy however it's so you're relying just, on my sexiness yes to it's up. a it's us together collectively yeah and you're right i mean my sexiness certainly does prop up the so think, overall sexiness so of I the think group with, that we're in with with the guy just a single guy oh my God, you're killing me <laughs> um yeah it was a bit it was a bit tough for me to kind of get over that initial um hurdle that perhaps I wasn't going to be sexy enough, engaging enough, really know what I'm doing in the bedroom, you know, positions, all the whole the whole thing that runs through your mind. Now, is this based around the fact that you've had things like this happen previously where you have – have you ever had in the past where somebody's said that to you or – No. No, okay. Just curious. Just, yeah, just do the things just that you – Just digging into the mind of C. The things that run through your head, I guess, when you when you start to feel like maybe you're not – Good enough. Good it's enough. It's pretty simple. Yeah. You just don't feel good enough. Um, and then from there, though, I mean, we, we've we had quite, a, I would say, quite a number of ma- of, of threesomes now. Nice threesomes, yeah. A lot of them have been, um, a lot of them we've not made it to the threesome because they've just been cunts. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm straight in there. We, we had a pretty bad experience this week, and I think C's got it in her notes further down. But I'm, I don't, actually. I'm I was going to try and now. steer clear of like. No, I'm in. I'm balls Well, can in. we do some positive stuff first? 
No, I'm going to. I'm I'm on this rant. Okay, leave okay, me on my out. soapbox. If you'll excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to let D go into this rant, and then I'm going to step so back in a we second. So we were we were talking to this guy, and and I have two standard questions I ask. The first one is, are you based in Singapore? Because it's very easy to find fly through guys here in this country. You know, it's a very transient country. A lot of people come in to do business and then leave because their business is finished, and it, they may only be here for two or three weeks. We're looking for, when it comes to single males, we're looking for somebody who's going to be around a bit longer so we can actually grow to understand him. And more importantly, he can grow to figure out what she is interested in, what makes her tick, what she likes, what she doesn't like. Now, that's my first question. Second question is, are you single? Why do you ask that, Dee? Because I want, we want single guys or... Guys who are in a um, non-monogamous uh, agreed relationship, ethically non-monogamous yep. relationship, where he is able to, he's allowed, or you know, she's yep. allowed to play. They 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 have an agreement whereby yep. it's not considered cheating. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's those two people who we want to play with, and it's very simple. The reason is is not anything to do with their moral compass. It's more to do with the fact. That we just don't need the drama in our life. Uh, I think it is, for me, it's to do with their moral compass. I don't want to. For you, it is. I don't want to play with somebody who's an asshole. We haven't gotten to you yet. Okay, sorry. We're still at me. Sorry. Me asking the questions. Okay. You haven't even been introduced to them yet at this point. It's your rant, honey. You can do it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, do I need a staple? Your your mouth closed a little over there because, you know, this is my podcast for right now. Okay. For right now. Okay. Soon it can be yours again. Okay. So, um,. So I uh, ask those two questions up front. We then do some conversation. I do some prying. Uh, I found a few uh, queries that tend to get guys off guard and actually make them release information they don't tend to normally release. Then after I figure out they seem to be somewhat of a gentleman, I then open it up to include C. I then ask C to ask the two questions again, the two first questions, because it's normally been a couple of weeks between I when I first talked to them and now. Um, and then C asks the same questions again. And occasionally you ask the same questions more than once because your spidey senses might be on fire as well. Anyway, in this particular instance, we got to the end where we were about to catch up with this guy. And this was Thursday this week, so it is currently Sunday. And so it's still a little fresh. The uh, the gentleman who uh, we were meaning to catch up with, he asked us a very simple question that made both of us Ask, want to ask the same question of him. He said, can we find somewhere a little bit, a little more... With more privacy. No, a little more secluded. Okay. And both of us immediately thought, single guy, why does he need privacy? Why does he need uh, somewhere secluded? Now, if he had worded that differently and actually asked for somewhere where there was a little more intimate, where you could perhaps talk about things a little more openly... Things like that, it probably wouldn't have um, wouldn't have opened our minds up so quickly. But both of us responded with, or wanted to respond with, I got to it first with, "Why is that?" His response was not confidence inspiring. So, um, C being the super sleuth that she is, managed within five minutes to find his. Ah, uh, mentally, it was about fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes to find his wedding photos of his wedding four months prior to now this is why i'm on my soapbox because 
I have no, well, I shouldn't say I have no problem. It's your life. If you choose to, to destroy your own life, that's your choice. However, don't bring us into destroying your life and in fact then trying to destroy our relationship in the process by lying to us. It really pisses me off. So if there's any single males or not single males out there who are listening to this, um, the other thing that really upsets me is I had to have this conversation with C. I reached down, I grabbed my scrotum, <laughs> I squeezed, and I asked the question of her. It was not an easy conversation. I didn't expect it you to go You might want to well. clarify what question you're asking me. Well, this is the question of do you want to get into this lifestyle? Right. If you don't want to ask that question... Then, then either then be monogamous, break up. Be, or, yeah, yeah, take your choice. Yeah. Don't be a man. Actually, step up and ask the question of your wife. If you're not doing that and you're cheating on your wife, then to my mind, you're not a man. Bam. <laughs> uh, I can't drop the mic because it's on the bed, but I'm. Th- th- and they're brand new, and we don't want any yeah. shitty audio for this. So podcast. Um, the podcast is back to being our podcast now. So okay. Thank, thank you um, for that, Dee, uh, that lovely rant that you went on. But, yes, that is a fairly new one. Um, we ended up, and for those of you curious, we he also used a false name. So in the res- the final response I sent was using his real name and just saying, hey, we're not interested in catching up anymore. So that's where we've left it. We don't want to be toxic about it. And um, Well, I did want to be. But you, you wanted to be. Me. I wouldn't let you. Yeah. Um, sorry, but the selection process really for us, you know, how, how we find single men, we find them through dating sites. Um, SDC is, is a good one for us in our region. And we also use uh, the app field that Dee's actually scrolling on right now. And, um, that's how, that's how we find them. But we do like to. Well, I've got to find a new single guy now. This guy fucking screwed well, us over. I think we found one last night. So I don't know why he's so negative. This guy sounds pretty good. Yeah, he does. But so did the last guy. Yeah, true. I mean, I'm becoming more and more cynical about this. You've totally gotten us off track now. I can't yeah, okay. even well, remember I mean, get where back we to were. Your notes, buddy. That's an, there are no notes about the talking. This is we're supposed to be just talking about threesomes and why they're oh, right. great for us. Well, they are great for us generally. So okay, so Bam, stepping I mean, back, do we need to say anything else? For episode 19, <laughs> I spoke about you know my concerns. We've had a number of threesomes since then. Mostly, they work out very good. We find that most th- most threesomes are fantastic. Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, in general, provided you find, and, and we, we're somewhat particular because we're looking for somebody who's both intellectually and physically stimulating pants for both on, of Pants on, pants off friendship, yeah. Um, and we have found some amazing guys along the way, some of which are still very good friends, uh, some of which we talk to still reasonably regularly. Uh, even though they may not be local to us anymore, mm. so yeah, I, I um I, I think it's been a great experience, and the guys that we've actually met with, even the guys that we only you know there has been guys that we've only caught up with once because things changed. We've had people that have found girlfriends, you know, things like that, which certainly puts a dent in things. But I think in general. The experiences have been great. They've been great people along so, the way. So, a question for you then: When you first thought about let's have a threesome, when you first thought about it, and what you had anticipated it would be like, or emotions that you would have, or what it would look like, or how the play would kind of engage or, or finish, now knowing and having been in multiple play sessions, what do you think was your expectation then versus now? What's the big difference? What was a surprise for you? Um. The surprise for me, I suppose, is how comfortable I was with it. 
Um, and I don't mean uh, having another guy in the room. I really don't have any problem with that at all. I don't even mean incidental touching, anything like that. I was totally okay with that walking into any form of uh, three, um, three-way scenario. The the only thing I suppose that was, I mean, the, that com- that level of comfort, the fact that, you know, after I've audited, and and that's the only way I can put this, these guys, and and got to the point where they're in the bedroom with us, I actually feel quite safe with them, and I by that what I mean is, I feel that I've done my yeah, my best to understand that they're the right fit for you and for me in terms of who who they are and 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 I mean at this point I gotta say ninety nine percent of the time we are not the couple who ask for cock shots. No, we ever. don't. So ninety nine percent of the time we would not know what these people look like with their clothes off. Because that's not that's kind of a side note, right? Mm. Once you've figured out that they're intellectually stimulating and you find them sexy, whatever their package looks like after that you know, is is generally fine. Mm. I mean, the biggest problem for us would be if it were fucking 14, 14 inches long oh my God. and five inches round. Just that pause. would scare you the fuck out of me. A pause. We were watching yeah. some porn the other night. Um, What's it called? That that porn is called? Uh, blacked. Blacked. Dot com. Blacked dot com. And there was a... <laughs> so it's black, black, big, big black guys generally on small... Caucasian ladies. I'm oh, not Caucasian. The one, the one that I yeah, was terrified I by I, I was, was that saying generally Asian lady. Oh, sorry. Yes. Anyway, so there was a little just, just a, a little just, petite just a Japanese lady. Here. Good lord. D is not wrong. I saw this guy in the porn took his pants off, and there was this little Asian lady, and I just looked and I said, "No fucking way!" That like literally, no way. That won't go. If I saw that, I would just be like, "Thanks, but." No thanks. Yeah, and yet I remind you that we've uh, you've had hey, a guy. this thing was like I don't even. Babe, I was there. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, so you're you feel like you were safe and you were surprised. I think by it, that. yeah, I was surprised by that, and and I think that opens you up as well. This is one of the downsides; is it kind of opens you up emotionally as well to to that particular individual, which can be a problem because you can end up with a scenario where, like we have had done, where they've disappeared or something like that, and it it just kind of pisses you off. You know, I guess because, because you've you, opened your you've opened your relationship and yourself at least somewhat. Yeah, you 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 expect that there's going to be a level of respect there. Yes, absolutely. And then there's not. You feel like there's not, and so that is. Yeah, painful. I mean, I, I have a fairly simple rule in life: is that trust is normally given. Trust is offered to even when you first meet somebody. Generally, you offer them trust as a as a present straight up. Right. It's only when they break that trust that it becomes a problem. Uh, but the personal accountability part of it is my problem, is when your moral compass doesn't point north and you do things that you shouldn't be doing, that is when it really stings because you've then offered somebody trust and they've decided to misuse that that trust to do something underhanded. Hmm. Yeah. And what do you think is next? I mean, I know that you're definitely keen to experience DP and we have admittedly <laughs> been trying to... You know, play open with, up the resources. Play with some some vibrators <laughs> and I'm have keen anal for you same to time. experience DP. I'm not sure there's a way I could experience DP unless it was DAP, which I gotta say, 
Nah, that's not going to work for me. You don't want to just say DVP then? Why do we have to go straight to DAP? No, no, no. You're saying I want to experience DP. I'm saying, you. yes, you want to experience in terms of... I would like us as a couple to experience DP. Well, that's not what you said. Oh. I am interested in, in, in being involved in double penetration with you, yes. So what else? What else? In okay. terms of, well, that doesn't have to be with a single guy. No, it doesn't. That could be with a couple or with a lady with a strap on, really. But certainly, uh, when you're Yeah, to do see, some uh, no, I have to on... backtrack on that because I think that, you know, when using a strap on and having used strap ons before or double dildos, etc., they don't flex and bend like a normal cock does. So I think that. They also you, don't compress like a normal cock does. If you're going into this like fairly small place and then you're trying to and then insert a rigid item in there as well, something that really can't bend and flex. I just don't see that help helping anyone. So you're saying two, Mainly two me, buses I don't, can't go into a two-car garage. I don't garage. feel like that's helping me. Two buses don't fit in a two-car garage, is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they can. So, yes, what else for you, D? <laughs> um, right now, that's probably all that's on my horizon, I suppose. The, other, the only other thing that would be of interest to me in I mean, this is going to be a tough one for us because of our level of, uh, and this is not with single guy. This is a, a couple scenario is, is probably finding enough couples. I'm just going to throw it out there and say it. We've got a clothing optional pool, hotel takeover coming up in Miami. We've only got 20 rooms left. And if this sounds like your tribe, your people, you wanting to have some fun for three nights, four days in the sun, come and join us May 31st to the 3rd of June. We've got We Got A Thing, Casual Swinger, Expansive Connection. We've got the Hump Day Quickies and we have That Hot Couple in GA. So three nights, four days of fun in the sun for our Swingers Hotel Takeover in Miami. This is the last time we're hitting this location. So come and join us. We would absolutely love to see you. I just announced the themes inside of our community and they are going to be banging. We've also got the Casual Toys Luxury Playroom in the penthouse that's coming back for 2024. It is definitely a sight to be seen. So if you're all about having a party, but making connections with genuine community, come and join us in Miami. Head to libertineevents.com and find your way to the Miami event. So 20 rooms left. We'd love to see you guys come and party. Hang out with us this May, June in Miami Beach. Discover the remarkable journey of Anonymous John. No one likes feeling alone, anxious, or overweight. But John refused to let his circumstances define him. When his weight ballooned to a staggering 600 pounds, he made a choice to take control of his life. He began documenting his journey in his journal, and after shedding his first 103 pounds, he decided to share his story with the world. Through his journal, he offers inspiration and hope to anyone struggling with similar challenges. If you're looking to be inspired and uplifted, the Anonymous John podcast is for you. Join us on this journey of transformation and visit our website, theanonymousjohn.com. So we're into to actually have um, something bigger than group sex into sort of the orgy end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm saying better than, better than, what's that? I mean, for me, it's generally better than five, six couples. I'm going to call an orgy. So 12 people. 12 people. Better than 10 people. More okay. than 10 people, I'm going to say, is an orgy. That's just my standard people. I don't know what the standard is. So what's your? 
Okay, well, hold on. What do you, what do you think are different um, date strategies or date situations between a single guy and a couple situation? I have a much higher expectation of a single guy than I do of couples. That's interesting. I'm, in what in what way? So when it comes to a when it comes to a date, I have an expectation that they treat it as if they're on a date with you. Ah, okay, yes. Me. Okay, so you've said this before. Which means I expect them to turn up well dressed as if they were going yeah, on a we've date. We've covered with you. we've covered this in we the have. twelve ways to the get twelve ways to get into these pants. Yeah, but um, so my expectation is much higher because it's it one is, person. It is one person. I, granted, I don't expect them to pay for our night out. Um, it'd be nice if they offered, but I don't expect them to pay. Mm. You know, um, but yeah, the, the, that, that's, go back and listen to the 12 ways to get into seized pants. That's what I expect of them, which is much higher than what I expect of a couple. Because a couple, there's, there's much more of a different dynamic going on. You can't have the same expectation that both of those individuals will meet that exacting standard. You know, I've got a, I think it's important. When you're talking about singles to have a high standard because there's a lot of focus on one individual. So they need, they, they need to meet both, both your and my standard to be considered. Yeah. And actually there was, again, there was a lot of talk recently on some social media sites regarding unicorns and how actually some people that, that, you know, there is this expectation out there that it's the other way around. Unicorns feel like the couples should be. Meeting, reaching their very high expectations and, and all the rest of it. It's funny though, because oftentimes what, what sometimes I think people forget is that if a couple is seeking out a third for play, it's about that couple and their relationship and you're being invited, I guess, into their very intimate, um, situation. So yeah, in actual but, fact. I mean, each to their own though. You, you, just to step back a little bit. When I say high standard, that doesn't mean he has to be ripped. Awesome, uh, you know, and have a, a eight inch cock. That's not what I. My well, standard is that the they're again, actually, he's the only person that's conversing with you. So he has to be a gentleman. What I mean by that is that before, when there's another two people, there's four people at the table. It's okay for one person to possibly take a step back and not be yeah. the height of the conversation or be really involved. Yeah, absolutely. because you're not. They're not. That's not the focal point. They're able to do that because there's another yeah, person. Yes. So the difference there is that, yeah, maybe the single person does have to kind of bring their A game because they are the only person there. They're, they're the person re- they're relying on to be on time, be courteous, all of those things, come up with good conversation. You're not able to then bounce off your partner. But given we've never played with a unicorn, I'm not sure we can offer a, uh, offer any guide, you know. Oh, I'm really just talking about the, there was a post the other day that had 50 comments about it actually. So I would thought it was an interesting perspective yeah. because, a lot of people, um, well, oftentimes it's kind of thought the other way, but I thought this flipped perspective was quite interesting. Yeah, okay. Cool. And what? your selection criteria for, for, for couples versus single men, I mean, if you're looking at the guys that we've played with in couples versus the guys that we've played in single situations, are they the same person or the same personality or same um, type? Are they- I mean, certainly there's a preference toward that, but um, again, because you're now engaged with a couple, one may lift the average of the couple. You know, that, that when you're engaged with a couple, it's very rare that you sit and digest each individual. You generally talk about them as a couple. So for me, if, you know, if the, if the man may not be a great conversationalist, but 
you know, he still chimes in and he's still interesting when he does, but the lady spends more time talking than that sort of balances out. You know, I don't really see a problem with that. When it's one person, it is, there's much more onus on that person to be, like you said, at their A game. Yeah. And I think too that with this, this next guy that we've been talking to last night and, and I hope we catch up with for a date. It was actually very funny because D and I had a conversation last night. He, he instantly admitted this new guy that he actually is in an open relationship. They play separately. An ethic, ethically non-monogamous relationship. His wife actually prefers Polly and, and sees men on her own. He sees women um, on his or couples on, on his own. And he he offered that information straight away. And he actually then further went into, well, here's actually some of... These are our rules. These are our rules and boundaries. Um, and he offered all of this information. And instantly, D and I went, geez, how do, how do we feel about that? It's not He's not cheating. Well, initially, you felt... It was quite funny, actually, because initially you were like, nah, nah, man. No, I didn't say no. I was like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. And then Dee said, well, realistically, there is no difference. If he is able to play, what what is the, the, the ethical dilemma? And there, there really is none. I mean, he has no problems and has mentioned her even last night, what they like to do together in terms of they enjoy rock climbing together, you know, all these sorts of things. He's mentioned her a number of times. So he offered that information straight away. He spoke about his rule of boundaries. He's talking about her openly in communication because they're obviously, you know, together and they love each other and they're friends. So is there a dilemma? I don't think so. Well, no, I, I didn't think so either. And I thought, you know, my point was magical and crisp about how their rules are just different to ours. That's Mag- correct. And magical, I think, is probably... Your comment last night was actually, well... Each relationship is different. Their rules, their boundaries work for them. So in actual fact, if we don't have any concerns from our side, then there really is no concern. Yeah. Okay. Um, one quick thing before we get off this topic and talk about uh, performance, but we did receive a message from um, I Dream of Sailing, and he asked us a question that he wanted us to cover off. Okay. He said that on a lot of the swinging podcasts that he found – that the men may sometimes explicitly point out that they are not bisexual, don't engage with men, etc. And he said, what did we think the difference was in Asia and Australia for bisexual male-based, male-female-male or male-male-female play? And was there, in our experience, being living in Asia, living in Australia and and travelling an awful lot to the States and engaging a lot in, in the States, did we think that there was a difference in acceptance of bisexual play? I would say probably not. You don't think there's a difference? Um, I, I think, honestly, I think most people are reasonably accepting of it in the lifestyle, but I don't think it's spoken of as often as um, as bisexuality for female. It's It's still seen as somewhat of the last... Well, not the last taboo. It's not. It's not taboo. It's just a, a last area. Yeah, I area. think some people use the word taboo often when they talk about yeah, this. It's not. It's not like taboo. It, no, but they use it in terms of like, oh, you know, we're the only ones talking about it because it is so taboo. Or look at how fantastic we are bringing this up because it's taboo. I don't think it's taboo at all. I think it gets spoken about, but maybe not so much on air, maybe or through podcasts or uh, radio, etc., as it perhaps does in a conversation. I mean, we talk about bisexual men and female interactions often with couples and and single men that we date. I mean, even the guy last night when we were talking to him, we were talking about, well, what are you interested in? 
Um, what have you done in the past? And we have, through a one-hour conversation, already spoken to him about um, bisexual male play. And so is it different between them? I mean, I actually think, yes, it is a little bit. I think that in the States you definitely have, you know, I mean, an area where there is a lot of religion that places a lot of strain on people openly discussing or engaging in bisexual play. You have places... You you think that's entirely different in Australia? Then you have places like here where you can be bisexual female, but it is actually still illegal to be a gay man here. And then in Australia, we have a smaller population, and we're also quite a young country. So maybe we haven't hit a sexual peak um, and ability to recognize sexuality, but it is getting there. And you look at things like the recent yes vote, etc., we are starting to definitely recognize it a little bit more. But the population in the United States, the vast geographical area, I think probably if you look at it based on numbers alone, it would be that they're less accepting. Okay. What's your opinion? You think it's the same everywhere? <laughs> I already gave you my opinion. I do. <laughs> I think it's the same. I think it's just a, the, the cross-section of the population the 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 head count of the cross section is different. That's the only difference. Yeah, I, I think if anything, in certain Asian countries, it's probably more accepted to be gay or pick, bisexual. Pick, well, yeah. no, pick, pick pick a spectrum. A, pick a spectrum. Um, I think in certain Asian countries, it's more accepted. Uh, certainly, Thailand rings out mm-hmm. to me as one of the countries where where sure. any form of sexuality is considered not frightening and not scary even though some of it may still be considered not legal Mm -hmm. it never stops people from actually achieving that i mean it's no different in any other country it might be illegal here but there's at least four well-known gay bars in in singapore exactly so that being the case i think it's just the cross the cross section of the community i'm gonna throw something in 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 the mix now he didn't specifically mention this in his question to us but we play with a lot of Europeans, right? We actually play with a lot of Europeans here more than we would play with Americans. Americans are very rare in this country. If you're thinking about the Europeans we've played with and the discussions that we've had either with our single male, like Spanish single males, or really our French our French couples or French single males, what what do you think is the difference there? Do in- you think you, you're about to ask me, do I think Europeans are more open sexually than the, than the US? Like every other country... Or in in the case of Europe, which is a grouping of countries that, when you add them all together, are about the same size as Australia or the US, mm-hmm. and probably roughly the same sort of population as well. When when you do that, I think you end up with state wise and or, or country wise in Europe, different countries, different states, different feelings. It all stems from what we grew up with as a as a country or as a as a state. What I should, something I should, a caveat I should put on this, and you know this to be true as well, we've found that the countries that are more Catholicism based historically are actually more sexually open when it comes to being in ethically non-monogamous relationships. That's very true. So any of the, any of the countries throughout the rest of the world that have a different religious history seem to have a, a different take on it. Uh, don't get me wrong. Some are actually significantly more open, depending on which which uh, um, which religion you're talking about. But we have found through our travels throughout Asia and you know a lot of the world 
the countries that are uh, Catholicism-based are more open to this sort of lifestyle. Yeah, that's very true. So we hope that answers your question. As always, these opinions are our opinions, so feel free yeah, to disagree. Mom. Yeah, There's no dramas. I mean, that's that's the beautiful world that we live in, the beautiful community we live in. We all have different opinions on things, so it's great. Definitely uh, keen for everyone's opinion. Hi there, it's Naughty. And Rocket. And we're making a bit of a recording because C's asked us for some chat on what we like about MFM Threesome. We have been involved in this for maybe 10 years. We got into it pretty slowly through taking sexy photos, actually, and sharing those online and getting some good responses to those. And we also live regionally in Australia, so we don't play in our hometown. So it's not unusual for us to go 6 or 12 months between playdates or even just meets. So slow entry into the, the lifestyle, but that's been fine. That's worked for us. We're both straight, so the logical entry point for us was MFM threesomes. A bit easier to organise than couples and easier to find a single man. So the first time for us was probably about 10 years ago, and that slow ramp up hasn't been a bad thing because it allowed us some time to explore what we really wanted. And there's a fair bit of time from me spent in reassuring Rocket that it wasn't about me, I wasn't aiming to uh, have other women on the side or anything like that, it was just about this fantasy that we both had shared in the bedroom at different times of having another male join us and her getting double the pleasure. So what do we like about MFM threesomes? Well for me still the photography side of things is is part of it but it's it's linked to that live porn in front of you that you're seeing that's very hot that's i just find that really amazing to watch at times and just sit back and take it all in i'm probably appreciating the photography more now too that we've got some really good hookups that we can then go back and look at pictures and there's not always photos but we've had um, an ongoing relationship with a very lovely manicorn who's been right into being the model as well so we've had some great photos to look back on for me it's probably more about the new relationship energy stuff definitely the social side of it as well if we can meet people that we can have an ongoing bit of fun with that's always a benefit so what's in it for you a big pit for me was also that really focusing on you and and providing you with pleasure i don't think there is anything hotter than seeing you come so getting you into a position where two guys could be concentrating on you and really trying to provide you with that pleasure was a really big thing for me. I think there's also some other things that have come up probably more recently. Now, going back to the first time, there were some things, and it's that learning stuff about the other person that you didn't know. And I remember classically in that first time that we played with someone, he grabbed you around the hips in a certain way and you really reacted to that and and I hadn't realised that was a thing for you. And we'd probably done it bits and pieces, but it became a thing that I went, ah, well, there's something that I wasn't 100% aware of, but sitting back a bit, you actually get to see it a bit easier and maybe I just need to be more sensitive and, and concentrate more on what's happening around me. But um, that certainly showed 
that has followed on through with a whole range of different things that we've picked up from guys doing stuff differently and your reactions. And I think another one that you would probably agree with from what I've seen is it's partly about the just the naughtiness of it. It's doing something that's a bit naughty and it is about that social aspect of someone you can go out, have a meal with, go have a few drinks with and at times be very flirty out in public with uh, and have other people going, what the hell's going on over there? I know that's a few times we've had that. Um, Hua Hin was probably the, the pick of those, uh, which is a story in its own, but that's that side of things about being naughty out in public in a relatively contained way so you wouldn't be arrested, but other people are sort of reacting to what's happening as has had its uh, moments where it's really lifted our interest and given us some good fun. Yeah, and having some really successful interactions, because we had a real period of time where we could, I was just about over it, just sort of didn't think it was worth the trouble. And then we've had some really successful interactions in the last 12 months, and, you, and it just ramps up your own sex life. They call it a purple patch for a reason. Yeah, and that's definitely, that would have been the next thing that I was saying is that ramp up in our fun because we are you're sexed up you are in a moment where you're feeling sexy everything's happening everything's working and that just flows into everything really and you know hours spent flirting via text um and then into bed together or whatever it is that it ends up being that's really had payoffs for us as well okay so if we interpret the question from c as what do we like about male, female, male that we wouldn't get in another scenario with other people that were involved? What were some of the things that you would highlight there? I think that MFM now isn't necessarily strictly all we do, which it was in the past. And largely that was because if you had said to me in the early days, let's find a couple to swap with, I would have said no. So initially I wasn't interested in getting into the lifestyle because it meant us being with other people. Hence you convincing me that, no, no, this is all about someone increasing the attention that you're getting and the pleasure you're getting. And that's the only reason you telling me you didn't want it to be with another woman that we got into it in the first place. So is that because of a desire not to be seen as a swinger or is it... Well, I definitely don't like that label and will never own that label but um no it was more about you being mine and me not wanting to share i like it it's interesting because one of the the things that i do get off on from a male female male thing is related to that and it's so not politically correct in the swinger environment these days is that pride in you because i don't clearly don't own you so therefore i shouldn't have any pride in whatever you do but Seeing you do some amazing action, watching you is is a real thing for me. So it is part of that stuff. And in another interaction, that becomes diluted because if there's more than three people, then I'm involved elsewhere as well. So whereas yeah, so exactly. If I'm if I'm really just one of two guys concentrating on you, I can get to see just about everything as long as we are in the same room together. Hey, you're a dirty perv. That's very true. 
And we shouldn't forget the number one fantasy, which was really one of the big reasons for male, female, male being a pre preference, simply because it seems to be more practical to be doing this, but the double penetration was a big thing for us. Oh, yeah, definitely. So that uh, still stands out there as a, as a thing that's probably more suited to a male, female, male situation than a whatever other set of circumstances you can come up with. And still needs to be properly ticked off the list. Because it's not as easy as it looks. Thanks, Andy. Hope you um, find some useful stuff in this, and we'll chat again. See ya. So now we're moving on to the issue of male performance. Now, there's a bit of a crossover here, of course, with with the single male scenario, because you know, if if this happens in a single male scenario, then it makes life really quite difficult. But what we're not going to do, again, there has been a lot of coverage on this over, over the period. What we're not going to do is cover how to get, how to recover yeah. from this. Because I honestly don't think that if you get in the, if you actually make it to the wrong headspace, I don't believe there is a way to recover. That, that's my opinion. I, um, and I think the majority of people realize that I've not really had much in the way of performance issues in the past so i can't really give much of an opinion on that what i can give an opinion on and i think what uh, c will be able to help out with as well is how not to get yourself into a, a scenario where a performance issue is something that could become a problem yeah so i guess j just as Dean mentioned, there's been a lot of coverage on this recently in a lot of podcasts actually episode what have i got here Swinger Diaries did episode number 55 and they actually touched on performance issues um, in, in the lifestyle. And we were going to cover off on how to manage it during when it's happening. And what we what I originally thought for that is really from both a male and a female perspective, a couple perspective, a single perspective. Because as and you may as you may remember, we went through I went through six months of having experiencing this issue. And so I was going to give some insight into really how that made me feel as a single fee as a sorry, as a female. Pretty sure you've done that very um, and um, really you know, quite how, vocally. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not going to cover that. So D D had a great idea this morning, and it was really how do you? I've noticed a trend throughout this podcast that D's had just awesome things happen this week. Like he's got great ideas, good things, soapbox. You know, I'm you're killing it, babe. I'm killing it. magic. You're amazing. Oh man, it's just crazy. It's a it's a cross to bear. We've all got our cross to bear. <laughs> so, this week I've been awesome. After this week, for the rest of my life, I won't be. So G said, you know, why don't we talk about how to recognize signs and and how to avoid 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 the situation? Now, I have a question before we get started on that though. You've had a lot of questions today. I have. I feel I've answered them amazingly. Okay. This is again the week. You're of, literally the week patting of yourself D. on the back throughout this entire I podcast. I know. I've been doing really well today. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> at, potting, at patting myself on the back. Percentage of um, single male performance failures versus males in the couples. What's your uh, What's happening there? Uh, I would likely say that the, there's a higher percentage of failures in a couple dynamic. I would say that we haven't had one single male performance failure. I know and we've we have had six months of couple failure. But th there's a reason that I say that is because when you're in the room with your partner, your wife, husband, whatever it is, whatever you want to call that relationship, you're going to be thinking of them as well. There's always a level of your attention, a small amount of your attention. It may only be 5% of your total brain that is taken away 
to make sure that they're safe, happy, and not in harm's way. And also, you're also interested in what they're doing in terms of their sexual pleasure. Yeah, but that's that we're we're talking about something different there, right? Because now you look uh, if you convert convert that to say pornography, you're watching porn whilst fucking your partner. There's no level of angst there, is there? No, because you. So it's not about the sexual pleasure that somebody else is enjoying. I don't think. I think it's more about the fact that genetically, not genetically, maybe socially, we're programmed to really look out for the people we care about. That's just part of the nature of being a social beast. So I don't have a penis, so this is very difficult for me to understand really the inner workings. Yeah, I had one a little earlier. Of <laughs> of this sort of thing. But, I mean, explain to me, I mean, obviously, well, I assume that you would know the difference or you would feel differently or under- get the sensation differently of, you know that you're going to be extremely hard or you know that you're going to have maybe be a little bit softer or, I mean, tell me, run me through that. I'm not sure what the question was. Do you know when you're going to have a half half assed hard on or it's going to be like... Do I know when I'm going to have performance issues? No, that's not what I'm asking. Oh, go. Your cock is not the same hardness every time you play. It's hardiosity, that's the word. So do you know when it's not going to be as hard as the day before? Okay, so there's a few things involved in this, of course. Alcohol, one, will reduce any man's formation of erection. Bam. I mean, if you don't know that, then you've never been 18. How much alcohol would you say? Uh, depends on the person. In some cases, it can be one glass. Uh, in some cases, it can be one whole 750 mil bottle of vodka. Okay. You know, it just depends on the guy. So... I, th- I think you've got to learn your own your own way there. And certainly, I mean, the way I figured it out, I suppose, is just through jerking off. If you can't get yourself off because you're that pissed, then... So you're saying if you're at a play situation, you think you might have over-liquored yourself, go into the bathroom and start masturbating and see no, how you No, because then you'll, then you'll probably get yourself off. And then <laughs> if you get yourself off, you're going to be fucking useless. Shouldn't you at least then try to see if you get hard? Well, I mean, that's... I think we're going into a different realm here. If you're if you're in a play situation, when you walk into a play situation, generally I think is probably one of the most exciting aspects, especially if it's somebody new. So if you're walking into a play situation and you can't gain or sustain an erection, and walking I don't mean sustain as you as you walk in, then you probably got yourself in in trouble already. So your recommendation would be then if you sense that you get into the room, you haven't got a heart on as you're entering the room or as you're seeing the possibility of play, you would recommend to just say, hey, I don't think this is going to... I'd actually step back a little because, frankly speaking, normally there's some pre-play prior to heading to the bedroom. It's not that you just go, okay, you know, we've been talking for 25 minutes now, let's go to the bedroom. Generally there's some touching, some... You know, there's something there that prompts a reaction from a man. Um, I think understanding your own body and understanding, well, okay, uh, she's touched my upper thigh. I've been drinking a little bit. This is, uh, you know, you have to use your, your brain when it comes to what inputs are making for a failed erection. So, for, for example, you've just had a fight with your partner before the other couples arrived. Mm-hmm. You haven't yet finalized that. She's touched the inside of your thigh or, or the, or your cock through your pants, uh, while you're talking. You've been talking sexual, sexually. 
uh, or sexily with them, you're watching your partner and they seem engaged and into the other person, uh, you then think, well, let's take this to the bedroom. I, I think your thought process is wrong there straight up. If you've got all these inputs that are driving you to not be able to get an erection, and one of those may simply be fear. One of the things I think men are very bad at dealing with is fear. We just we just try to, like like every problem, and every problem that most men run into, they're looking immediately for a solution. In some cases, there is no solution. In some cases, the only way to move forward is to step back. Yeah. So that that's, for me, is the biggest thing. So your advice is not to try and have this happen in the bedroom and then have you know, the wives kind of come back and circulate back around and then try to fix it. Your advice is to see the signs for what they are before you're going into play and just not engage in play. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all better off. It's much less embarrassing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know for every man who has this problem, uh, every man that I've ever spoken to who's had this problem, it's generally an embarrassing scenario, right? So you've already gotten, if you've gotten to the point where you can't, gain or maintain an erection you're already into embarrassment so you're fucked you're not going to recover from that in my to my mind you will not recover from an embarrassing situation because you're already embarrassed so stack that on top of all of the other things that led up to the problem and then actually having having the situation where it's like oh we better get the wife back around to get the hard on going again that's actually more pressure and more embarrassing and can i think be, that's actually bad advice well i mean it can be if you can't then gain an erection with your with your wife then life's really difficult isn't it you now you're now adding embarrassment and yeah, and depending exactly. on your partner, I mean, we've certainly been in a situation where we've had a wife who's like, what are you doing? Why can't you get hard? Look at, look at him over there. He's hard. He's hard and he's fucking her and you can't even fuck me. I mean, we've, we've had that and it was horrible. Mm. Um, that sort of embarrassment. So if you're, if you're tired, if you're having other inputs, if you're drunk, well, if you're tired, nervous. Tired, drunk, if you're nervous, f- um, overstimulated. Yeah. Is another one. You know, we all do get to a point where there's too much going on. So overstimulated is another one. Another very simple one. For fuck's sake, guys, drink some goddamn water, right? I mean, so your, your blood is, is blood is blood is constituted primarily of water. If you're not drinking enough water, you're going to have a problem. Right? It's very simple. Additionally, you know, there's all the other problems with not having enough water, yep. headaches and shit. It's the other thing. If you've got pain, headaches. If you're on, if you've got a a cold or flu potentially that you think you might have or you might have coming, or you're just recovering from one, all of those things will influence your body's natural ability to do what you want it to do. And it's, I think for, for all involved too, it's probably better to recognize those signs. Call it a night. There's no shame there. You don't have to say why you're calling it a night. Not shame. Shame is a different word to embarrassment. As no, yeah, and that, but it's better than getting into a room and you feeling like you're not performing. Your partner feeling well. What this normally does, it, feeling a, strange with the other couple and potentially ruining what. Or it, in a lot of instances, this will be a first time, potentially a first time play scenario as well, because that's when the highest pressure is mm-hmm. to perform. Right. right. So you're now looking at a first time play scenario where you've embar- you've embarrassed what you believe is yourself, but in fact, the embarrassment is all inside you. Most people don't really care, provided it's not something that's been happening to them for the last extended period of time. Mm, Yeah. And what that might do is because of your embarrassment, you may not be able to go and see those people again. 
So you've invested all this time, energy. You found good people who you like enough to take to the bedroom. You forced it because you, you forced it seen because the you think that it, you think that it's a good idea to do this. But in fact, what you should be saying is, "Hey guys, this is just not the right night for it." Why is it? You know, I, I say this without saying that women ever use these as excuses because they're not an excuse. That, that women d- use these because they are things that come up. I've got my period. There's no problem with that, right? No. So immediately it's like, okay, that's fine. Well, I guess we're not playing tonight, right? Straight away. There's, um, uh, there's also, you know, I'm just not, I'm not feeling it tonight. Things like that. Why is it that men feel that they can't say those things out loud? You know, I, I just don't think that I'm, I just don't think that I'm in the right headspace to perform to the way I want to perform. You know, that's not a bad thing to say. No, it's not. And actually, I think that. You know, it can actually be good for the next lead up as well. You know, then you might feel more comfortable. And also, you can then try to understand what has triggered you to feel that way. Was it nerves? Um, Were you anticipating it for too long? Have you been actually just talking about it? I know a lot of people, even on things like kick conversations, sometimes they get a bit carried away prior to the play date. You know, when they're sending each other sexy photos and they're talking about like what I'm going to do to you. And that builds up this anticipation and this. And pressure. And pressure to then perform so i think also sometimes yeah you need to allow that to happen a bit organically not be forcing it and saying hey man i can't wait until we see each other saturday i'm gonna bend you i'm gonna fuck you so hard you know it just needs to be a bit more organic so you're not putting that extra pressure on yourself even before you turn up to the date agreed so yeah i think it it all comes down to being uh self-accepting and self-aware before you walk into the room. The other thing, guys, um, okay, you're a full swap couple. Guess what? You're still allowed to soft swap. You know, if you're going into a room thinking, I'm not, I don't feel that I'm going to be able to perform tonight because of the pressure at work, because of the fight we just had, but you know, we, we still want to be engaged with this couple and we still want to have some fun. Soft swap involves no erectile function whatsoever. You can, you don't need to be involved. You don't need to be hard to be involved in a soft swap at all. Yeah. You could be going down on her. Well, not only that, the, the lady can be playing with you as well. You don't necessarily have to have a hard cock to be interested in what's going on. Yeah. But I mean, again, that can be quite awkward for a lady who's engaging in. It can be, but that, you can so. also explain that right up front as well. If you have the courage to do it, the majority of people who are in this lifestyle have had the courage whether it's the male or the female, to actually step up and ask their partner whether they'd be interested in in being in this lifestyle. That takes a lot more courage with your partner than it does to say to somebody else's partner, hey, guess what? I'm not going to be hard tonight. I'm still happy to play with you. I'm still happy to enjoy enjoy it. But I, I just, I have concerns and I want to voice those up front. And the amount of pressure that that, would, that relieves from you immediately. You may actually then later... Like, Absolutely. And I guess, yeah, so the other thing, yeah, one thing you could do is avoid it. The second thing is that you can upfront advise what the play situation is going to be like. So maybe it is same room sex. Maybe it is um, soft swap only. Maybe, you know, that, that you walk in there and you say, hey, this is a situation for me right now. Instead of let's trying to do um, full swap, etc., and then I'm going to possibly have some performance you. issues, yeah. why don't we just straight out of the gate just say, this is what we're going to be doing tonight because of these reasons and let's have some fun. Yeah. So I think it's more about establishing and understanding yourself up front. For the, for those guys who have been in this situation where you've had a performance issue, 
what drove that? I mean, think back. What what drove the performance issue? Was it that you overloaded yourself in in saying the things that you were going to do to the person? Was it that you hadn't drunk enough water? Was it that you didn't eat beforehand? You know, was it that you were hungry when you walked in? Was it the fact that you didn't bring your own condoms and the condoms that they had there didn't work for you? You know, understand what works for you. I have a favorite condom. Um, I've never had a problem with any other condom, but I have a favorite condom just because I like it. You know, it's just my favorite. Mm. So I bring those with me everywhere. Would you say that I have any um, requirements or I should be keeping an eye out for potential signs from you and what I would see as well? I mean, do you think that they're, that the partner should beforehand? I'm not talking – I mean, it's very obvious yeah. during play. Yeah. It's very obvious that when it's happening during play, there's something happening or not happening. Um, is Is there perhaps signs beforehand that I should be aware of as your partner looking out I think there's think? there's always an onus on a partner to not put their partner in a bad situation. So, yes. If they th- seem stressed, if they seem nervous, there's also, you know, no harm in perhaps as a, as your partner asking, how's it, like, are you feeling good? Like, how are you feeling? Do you, are you ready for play? Do you want to play? Do you want to go home? You, you you, well, that all of those questions you just ask, any man will answer yes because they're generally chock full of bravado. Then what should the female do? The, 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 to my mind, the only way to deal with it is to say, let's not do this. If you recognize, so I'll, I'll reverse this. Let me put the situation in reverse. You, you've, you're actually not interested in this couple, right? I can see that you're not interested or I can see that you're going to be, um, not as engaged as I would think that you need to be, to be pleasured by the experience, to have a good experience. If you continue to say yes, does the onus not fall on me for me to say, I'm not happy with you going ahead with this. We're not going to do it. Yeah, but that's a really hard thing to say. It is. Because, I mean, Absolutely. if you're hearing me say yes and I'm I'm lying to you, then... Because no man has ever heard a woman say, everything's fine. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Really, that responsibility lies back. It's not on you. It's on me. I mean, I'm telling you that everything's good. I'm telling you that there's a green light. I'm happy. I'm good. It, you are not a mind reader, so the flip side of that, no one's a mind reader. I don't think it's a fair. Of course not, but we make those we make those assumptions every day in our relationship. Yeah, that's don't true we? as well. You know, how many times has there been simply when we're going out to dinner just together, and I can look at you and I, and I say you want to go out, and you're like, well, in your head I can hear we've already committed to this, we've booked a table, we've we've been committed, we haven't been out on a date for a little while, we need to do. Th- but you say, and out of your, and out of your mouth comes, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. And I can tell that what you want to do is sit on the couch in front of the TV <laughs> and possibly watch some really fucking lame chick flick. Or a lame horror movie. Or a lame horror movie, yeah. One of the two. So, so I think, yeah, I, I agree. The onus does fall on the person to give the right communication back. But yeah, we all, we're all human. We all have our own. Uh, armor we wear to make ourselves feel better and look better. Mm. At some stages, it just it's it requires that somebody else steps in and says no, that's not okay. Yeah. Now, before we finish up on this topic, there is something that I want to say about it, and it's that if you are having continual problems, if you are experiencing performance issues with multiple play partners or through multiple sessions, etc. Please do something about that before continuing to engage. And I'm coming at that from a very personal angle. Um, I've had 
this issue happened to me multiple times and actually one lady openly admitted to me that, oh yeah, he, he has problems every time, but you know, I always get fucked, so it's fine. That is not fair. It's not fair for anyone involved. That's and actually so just not okay. If you, yeah, it's not okay. It's, it's not okay for the, the man, the, the woman that you're trying to be with. It's not fair on even my husband who's, also concerned that I'm not, you know, receiving the pleasure that, that he wants me to be. So please stop engaging. Please stop going out and doing that until you have figured out the issue and, and fixed the problem because you're just continuing to also hurt yourself and hurt other people because it is a very, I took it very personally that it was me and that's not the case. So. Well, you will continue to, um, you will continue to pile on as well. If you've had a, the issue a couple of times and the issue continues to happen, you're going to continue to, to oh, add yeah. more stress to your own environment. The um, expectations walking into that yeah. next play session are going to yeah, be, God, higher. I hope I don't yeah, exactly. have issues. And as soon as you start thinking about that, the issues are going to raise. Yeah, it's true. Anything yeah. else you want to say on that? Um, no, not really. I, I think, I think the reality of it is that every guy will go through this issue. Actually, what I should say is every person will go through this issue um, because I think ladies go through it as well. I think they just have the ability to apply lubricant where the guys don't. So, you know, I don't think this is strictly a man's issue. I think it's just more obvious when there's an issue with the man. Absolutely, yeah. And mm. and you're 100% correct that women can, you know, fake it till you make it um, as it is. So, I it is more obvious when it's when it's a man unfortunately and there is a there is i guess more discussion about male performance issues as opposed to female performance issues so maybe we could cover female performance issues in another podcast i'd actually be very interested to hear from ladies of female performance issues and i'm not talking about um the the reach to orgasm because orgasm isn't the end all of of uh, sexual experience you know it it may be a crescendo but it doesn't necessarily have to happen every time or ever for that matter um i mean obviously it'd be nicer if it did but it doesn't have to mm. that being the case it's more to me about true performance issues like i i i'm just not feeling it um i i was nervous going in i'm nervous I going in yeah. i fumbled i now i'm unable to get head. wet i'm in my own head thinking about the fact that i'm not really you know i'm not really enjoying this i don't think i can do my best job shit do i want to go down on him not really but i'm going to do it because i'm in the situation you know like all that sort of thing that's that's yeah. still performance send, yeah, issues. Yeah, send us an email. So C and D at swingingdownunder.com. Flick us an email on that if you are a female and have experienced, or if you're a male and you have experienced a female who's had performance issues. You know, we want to hear it from both sides. So do send that through. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a good time to wrap it up. So if you are anywhere in Sydney on the 16th of February, D and I will be at our secret spot. They are having a fishnets party. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh, I already told I you. Bought, I bought the fish. <laughs> I got, I got, I'm, I'm going to bring the nets. Yeah, you bring the nets. Oh I'm going to bring the fish. We are so simpatico. I'm going to hang um, anchovies around my neck. We'll see how that gets me laid. Not at all. You not Definitely not from this lady. Oh, you don't like anchovies? No, I hate them. I know that. But I think I, I'm actually really excited by Caesar that. Caesar salad. Love a Caesar salad, though, but hate anchovies. I am Go very excited. Go figure. Very excited. I know you're very excited. About the fishnets party. And it'll be good to get uh, back down and see our friends at OSS as well. Yeah. So if you guys are in the Sydney area on the 16th of Feb, come, come into uh, OSS, pop in and say hello. We'd love to meet you. Yeah. C will be the weird one with anchovies around her neck. <laughs> D will be the weird one with anchovies and sitting in a corner because nobody wants to say hello. 
Yeah. I'm just saying. I already have my outfit in mind. It's going to be a replication of what I wore to Desire. Well, I mean, blow the whole... I mean, if people have been to Desire, they're not going to want to come now, are they? Like, well, they've seen it. Come on. I like that outfit. I'm damn excited. Hey. Yep. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to get a little bit laid. A little bit laid? I hope I get laid. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right. Fingers placed inappropriately. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. This is C. This is D. And this is Swinging Down Under. One more quick announcement before we finish up the podcast today. We have just joined with SLS Radio. So if you listen to SLS Radio, you can hear us on their radio station at 4 p.m. every Wednesday. So tune in and get turned on. 